Welcome back, guys. This is the Texas Triangle. I am Eric. I'm here with John, as always. Hello, hello. And uh, we're happy to be back. It's been a little while. I was uh, vacationing in beautiful Oregon for a little while. But uh, we've been keeping up with everything, texting back and forth, making a bunch of notes. Uh, yep. I think we're I think we're ready to get back to it. And have a really nice episode. So, um, welcome back. Thanks again for listening. Uh, please remember to subscribe. You know the usual uh, opening script stuff. Uh, this episode we haven't even picked a, a hilarious sponsor for yet. But damn, that was really one of our one of our go tos for a while there. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It'll come to us as we go. Um, we should probably just dive into like the cataclysmic news in Texas, which is again from the Mavericks. It's becoming a weekly "What the fuck are the Mavericks doing?" segment for us. It really is. I gotta say, they may prove to end up being the smartest guys in the room. I'm not ever gonna rule that out with a guy who can multiply my net worth so many times over. But uh, I, I gotta say, this these some of these moves are a little perplexing for me. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be the person to bet on the Mavs riding the ship at this point. I mean, we might look back in a year or two and um, find out that they were, uh, you know, pushing all the right buttons and spinning all the right knobs. But I think the place to start is with the Jason Kidd hiring. So I agree. They're I going from a stalwart of the franchise and Rick Carlisle to a guy in Jason Kidd who flamed out in Milwaukee who has a checkered past as an individual, which we should definitely touch on, given that we're talking about the Mavs. And, There's um, some overlaps there. Agree. Yeah. So we just have a lot of problems to address with this franchise. So what? What? A, what's your initial impression of the kid hiring? I am really blown away that kid keeps seeming to get requested by star players. After having all these flameouts, he doesn't necessarily avoid personality issues when he goes to these places. The schemes on the court don't seem to be that great. He has thus far proven to be a not-that-great coach, but he's willing to learn. And I don't know that you bet the farm on that the way that these teams have been so willing to do with bringing in kid. And and I almost, I, I, I'm just... I don't know, man. I'm confused. Yeah. Um, I, but Carlisle, pre- he endorsed him out the door, so I don't know. Well, you kind of you kind of wonder if that was maybe like a petty endorsement from Carlisle. Hmm. Um, given the nature of the way things ended between the Mavs and Carlisle and Luca and Carlisle. But, or one last favor for ownership. Like, hey, here's the guy we're thinking of bringing in. Can you maybe say a nice thing about him on your way out? Or maybe Carlisle is a classy dude. Maybe he would just want to do that maybe to a franchise is. that did him so well for so long. So Yeah, I think that's but. totally possible. But like you said, Jason Kidd has a spotty record as a head coach. Um, he did... Oversee the blossoming of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know how much credit you can give him versus, you know, the Bucks developmental staff and Giannis himself for just putting in the hard work and utilizing those freakish tools that have made him into an MVP. Um, But, I mean, we'll see what happens. You you know, he spent the last couple of seasons in L.A., right? Um, Under Frank Vogel. So, you know, maybe that experience, sometimes a step back from that role, um, will give him a new perspective on the job. But the thing with Kid is he does have some symbolic meaning to this Mavs franchise. I mean, he was the point guard for their one championship team. Yep. Be so maybe maybe in a way maybe in a way they're trying to capture a little bit of that magic. Um because they saw firsthand the leadership that he brought to the franchise. Definitely. And uh, they, the, sorry, the way, go for it. Yeah, the way things changed with Kid at the helm at the point guard, so 
Um, it's worth a shot. I, I, if I were making, if I were calling the shots in Dallas, I probably would have tried to fish a head coach out of the G League. There's been a lot of success with that lately, or Big time. maybe college. Um, you know, I'm not a college guy. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the schemes and the coaching matters a yeah. lot more. And I feel like there's a little less of a track record of success for college coaches versus G League guys, but big time. Um. Yeah, just not a big fan of the retread coach. I'm not either. Uh, also, I don't know. I We joked about it last episode, but it would trying to fish Silas from Houston wouldn't have been a horrendous option either. You know, like yeah. He had a tremendous success record with Luka the year before. They had the best offense in the history of the league, basically. I mean, D'Antoni's available. Yep, D'Antoni would have been an incredible... Yeah, we saw what he did with Harden, just push... Well, put Luca at point guard. You know, like shrug. Like we all see it. Just yeah. do it. Like, yeah, no. But I, I, but that touches on something else. So with the Mavs, it seems like they're trying not to necessarily enable Luca the way that the Rockets enabled Harden. So maybe the reason they didn't look at D- D'Antoni because you, I'm sure they they covered every possibility. Because when you're in that war room, you look at every angle that you possibly can if you're a good franchise. Of course. And the maps have proven to be a good franchise. You know, we like to make jokes, but they're, they're around and they're always yeah. relevant. So Yeah. So maybe maybe they're trying to reel in Luca a little bit. We'll see if that works, but that's a that's a strong possibility. But yeah. um with Kid we'll just have to wait and see. I agree. And Kid seems to be the kind of guy who will puff his chest out to a player trying to fucking take over and run the franchise the way that Harden would have. And Lucas seems to be in the position to make that chess move. Should he so desire the say, this is my team. And it almost seemed like this off season, he, he was getting ready to, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I agree. I, it's, it's a fascinating hire to say the least. Um. <laughs> it's, you know, from an optical standpoint for a franchise like the Mavericks who have had <clears throat> so many challenges, um, being inclusive of women, making sure that it's a safe working environment, bringing in a guy like Kid who has a history of domestic abuse, um, maybe not the best optical choice. I mean, I know for some reason in NBA circles, we don't talk about uh, guy's history in that way like there are a lot of guys in the NBA who have really upsetting pasts when it comes Agreed. to things like that but we just don't talk about it for some reason yep um and I don't know why that is I don't either um it's not like anybody's beating down Derek Fisher's door to uh interview him for anything you know what I mean it's yeah. like but Jason Kidd keeps getting jobs uh, maybe it's a circumstantial thing I don't know I'm not one to speak on on, on what happened for sure obviously but it does seem like a curious choice for a franchise that's struggled with that in recent years big time like yeah. to, to be so cavalier and not seem to have considered that part of it is interesting but maybe he's just that goddamn right of a coach you know like we weren't in the interview room maybe they he really came in and was like no this is the guy like and, and knocked it out of the park has really figured it out and learned a lot in the last few years. And we don't know if, if Luca lobbied for him at all. We don't. Yep. And we, you know, we touched on when we were pre- preparing for this podcast, we talked about the influence of Nico Harrison and making that decision. Big um, time. It sounds like he was on board, but not necessarily involved, right? That yeah. was the vibe I got from the quotes. But Luca, however, seems to have decided to take a backseat to the coaching search 
but appears to have drastically influenced the hiring of of Nico Harrison as the general manager. So I don't I don't know what to make of this whole thing, man. They brought back Dirk as like a special advisor. They're yeah. trying to recapture the magic, but they're also trying to capitulate to Luca. I appreciate and, them trying something different in the front office because I mean, you think about the last decade of Mavs basketball since they won that title. It's been a lot of eight seeds missing the playoffs. I mean, I kind of feel like they flushed the tail end of Dirk's career. I agree. Um, so I think it was time to shake things up. But this is a guy, Nico Harrison, who doesn't have any experience putting together a basketball roster. None whatsoever. He was a Nike executive, if I'm correct, yes? Yes, has a big, heavy uh, marketing background, apparently. Marketing business side of things. So uh, but relationship building seems yeah. to be a, a specialty. So maybe that, that emphasis on building relationships with players, because it seems like it's all hands on deck to make sure Luca sticks around. So yep. if they have this guy who Luca likes, who can you know strengthen that relationship between Luca and the franchise, then I'd say that just on that alone, it's a worthwhile hiring. I would agree. And I would also say a guy who's got connections through Nike to so many other players could be potentially helpful for recruiting someone as well. Uh, those relationships that have already been forged, like, hey, do you want to play with the most exciting young basketball player we've seen ever, potentially? Yeah, and we saw the Knicks <laughs> and the Hornets do the same thing with hiring, you know, um, former agents or GMs yep. who had these sorts of relationships in the league to where, like, these franchises that weren't so desirable to go and play for suddenly, you know, they have the sort of pool around the league to get guys in where they wouldn't have in the past. So, and since, I mean, every feels like the last two off seasons, the Hornets have pulled a free agent where everyone goes, wait, the Hornets signed that guy. That's fucking weird. Yeah. But it, that's, it's working basically. Well, they just basically robbed Danny Ainge. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But I, I think I, I'm more on board with the Harrison signing than the kid signing. I think Agreed, it's, man. I think it's a good idea to try a different direction, um, be a little less traditional. Um, I think the Bob Volgaris aspect of being less traditional in the front office hasn't worked out so well so far, and I think they're going to have to flush that guy eventually. But the Nico Harrison signing, you know, good job. I, I hesitantly agree, yeah. I mean, the zero experience factor is always a thing, but the biggest part of the job nowadays is finding a player that builds the team. you build the team around, convincing yeah. them to stay, and then finding option 1A, who's willing to be 1A instead of A1. Mm-hmm. Steak Sauce, our sponsor of the show today. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on chicken, too. Yeah, delicious. Salmon. Sal- salmon. Salmon. <laughs> um, does this work? Does Lucas stick around? No. I don't think so either. I, I think it's already... I think the final destination for the Mavericks is already uh, set set in place. And yep. I don't know if it happens next year or five years from now, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I, as a guy once bitten, twice shy with this whole James Harden experience in Houston... I am almost like Mavs fans. I would go ahead and start beating the drum to just get out ahead of the trade request even and just fucking trade him when no one is expecting it and get the most insane return for a player that anyone has ever seen literally in any sport ever because you could. (laughs) And you could get every young Boston player that you want and all of their picks 
for like 10 years. And I'm not even joking. If you traded Luka Doncic today, the return would be the most fucking insane thing the league has ever seen. And if Luka Doncic requests a trade tomorrow, which again is never going to happen, obviously, it'll happen, you know, in the next... 18 months probably, but not tomorrow. But his value immediately goes back down to just normal return for a superstar of his level. And I'm just curious to see how this all plays out, especially given the Harden situation. And we've seen this scenario play out many times before. And it would be a trailblazing thing to get out ahead of the trade request because you can see the writing on the wall. But I think if you're uh, Nico Harrison... Mark Cuban probably puts a hit out on you before you can execute a trade. Ooh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Even no, though it's, it might be the smart thing to do. It's fun to just hypothesize yeah. about, you know. There's they could no get anything way they in wanted hell. For him. They could get anything they wanted from him. Absolutely. And obviously, though, anything you wanted probably still wouldn't be Luka Doncic at the end of the day in terms of value on court. Okay, let me ask um, you but, something. Let me, let me propose a fake trade to you. Okay. I don't know if the financials work out on this. It's just armchair jamming. Yeah. The Mavs call the Lakers. And they say Luka Doncic for LeBron James right now. Who says no? <laughs> Damn. Old Mavs fans. Mavs fans and LeBron probably say no. I could see Mavs. Mavs fans seem utterly attached to this kid. And I don't yeah. blame them one fucking bit. I would be too. But that that is wild. That would shatter the earth. <laughs> Twitter would shut down for a month and a half if that, like, it would take... It would crash the app. Yes, it would literally crash the fucking app. Oh, man. Uh, I don't even know, man. I'm trying to think of what equal value would be, and it would have to be something that insane. It would be LeBron James and a first. (laughs) I mean, you you think about it, you're getting, like, two years of LeBron versus seven years of Luka, hypothetically, so... Maybe a career of Luka if you're in L.A. I mean, big market Luka might just stick around. Maybe LeBron and AD, I don't know. Yeah. Damn. Damn. That would be a, like we talked about in one of our catchphrases. That would be a dicks on table trade right there for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, man, I don't, this is uh this has been a fun segment on these Mavs. I kind of don't want to move on, but we have some other kind of earth shattering news given the lottery. That's that true. The Houston Rockets got to keep their pick. Clutch That's city is fun. back, baby. Clutch city's back, baby. We got a number two pick this year. Uh, we'll see what the Rockets are going to do with it. Uh, seems like Raphael Stone is option A appears to be move off of it, which confuses the living hell of, out of me. But the way he's posturing in public, he seems to be exhausting all options as far as whether or not to draft it or see if any kind of disgruntled superstar or move down a couple picks and get something else type options appear. I don't know, man. You know, if they could swap number two straight up for a disgruntled superstar and keep the infrastructure that they have in place with Wood and the young role players, you know, that could get you back into the playoffs. I wouldn't mind it terribly, but I would still be a little miffed. I just feel like what... There hasn't been a draft pick in the first round in Houston since like 2015 or 16 or some crazy Mm -hmm. shit because Daryl Morey just sees first round picks as things other GMs overvalue, quote unquote. And I'm just like, bro, I'm looking at all these insane, fun, young players popping up into the league this year in the like double digit figures of rookie class guys that are like, damn, that's an intriguing, cool player. And I'm like, you have the number two pick. 
get get the next jaw fucking Morant. That there's nobody out there that you can trade for right now that excites me more than the potential for the next most exciting young player in the league. Period. And maybe and I, maybe you know the front office in Houston is evaluating these young guys differently because like look look at it look at the playoffs right now. The best players left in the playoffs you know, most of them were taken outside of the top 10 in the lottery. You're right though. Um, uh, yeah. To, to counter my point other than, expertly. other than Chris Paul and Trey <laughs> young. Um, but again, Aiton, Aiton is dominant. We got to give DeAndre awesome, Aiton. but he's the third best player on his team. Well, yeah. for now, for now, no, yeah, no, 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 that's fair. That's fair. Um, but and historically, exceptionally yeah. great Devin Booker and Chris Paul are as well. So, you know, third best player on that team is not saying, not a slight. Yeah, and historically yeah. you need, like, that guy who was picked in the top three of the lottery to win a title. Like, it's LeBron, it's Duncan, it's Shaq, it's um, maybe Curry's the exception, but Durant was on a couple of the, Yeah, Dream. Um, don't want to leave out Dream. No, yeah. You leave out Dream, Eric gets grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and we I respect Dream um so much. I love him. It's fun, uh, fun to watch. Yeah, man. We don't want to talk never mind. We'll <laughs> we'll do a whole episode on arranged marriage at some point, I'm oh, sure. <laughs> and I have a good Christian like David Robinson. And so um. trying to convert Dennis Rodman stories and shit. <laughs> hey Dennis, I got a real great after party you can go to with me on Sunday morning. <laughs> Trying to get Dennis Rodman out of bed on Sunday morning. <laughs> He's like, I'm meeting with Bischoff on Sunday. Please, yes. sir. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, with that two pick, who, if, assuming they keep it, which it's, maybe they do, maybe they don't, who's who's the guy? I keep going back and forth, but then I, I keep thinking about it and... I don't think the modern NBA team, unless the big man is Jokic or Embiid or AD style of a big man with range, I don't think you build around the big man these days. I think I would go for that proven scorer wing guard type and go with green because I think you lock down that guy who can create for himself and everybody else by just his gravity alone on the perimeter. I think is most important piece for building a team moving forward these days. And you can find bigs that can catch lobs for him yeah. quite easily. And you and, might have but, that. You have the guy on the team already. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that a pairing a really elite guard and wing combo with Chris Wood could propel this team to the next level. And I think Kevin Porter jr. Can potentially be that guard. And I think that Jalen green can potentially be the new guy. At, so do you feel wing, like so. there's a little bit of redundancy with green and Porter jr.? I do in a sense that I do if we were nitpicking the fit of the team, but we're not talking about a title contender You're or anything. The yeah, best, I, best I agreed. And I think that Silas has proven to be a guy who can do immensely creative things with pretty redundant options. Um, and I really like the way he draws up plays and, and, and offense. And he does a perfect balance of uh, here's what we're doing this play, and you guys figure it out this next play too. And I, I like the way he's running the team, and I like how much it seems like he learned the first year. Yeah. So I would say I wouldn't worry about redundancy issues. I think fitting in a guy who has proven he's not quite there as a shooter would be a tougher option, uh, even though 
it seems like it's salivating a Draymond Green level potential defender. You know, it's just insane how amazing Mobley looks on that end of the floor. But I'm going to go green. I'm going to stick with my guns and go with the professional athlete of the bunch as well and say green. And I do think that wing creator is so much more valuable than the NBA today. But, you know, getting a guy like Mobley at the two pick who can anchor your defense, who is super switchable. uh, There are some questions with his offensive game. If that shot's going to come along, um, you know, if he can... He has a good handle. Yep, he really which is, does. Which is really valuable for good a big hands. man. Yeah, which is awesome for a guy his size too. Um, but again, you know, you have Christian Wood, and like like we said earlier, you're not drafting for fit. You're drafting the best talent you can get at this point in your rebuild. Yep. Um, personally, I kind of like Suggs. Suggs is fun, and he keeps flying under the radar. Everybody keeps kind of sneaking him into three or four, regardless. Yeah. But he kind of gives me like. Darren Williams vibes like Utah Darren Williams. I could see that. Which that's sure. a really fucking good player. That he was all NBA. He was one B to Chris Paul's one A at some point in exactly. the NBA before. You know he got one of the greatest coaches in NBA history fired and got hurt and <laughs> went to Brooklyn and went bald. You know. <laughs> well, let's not forget the Mavs blew up 2011 to get Darren Williams and Dwight Howard. Those were the Ooh. guys they were chasing. So yeah. Good thing it didn't work out, Dallas fans. But at the same time, Darren Williams was that dude. Like I know, yeah. and I, I I think that comp is actually pretty fair. Yeah, sizey, 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 nice fun word. He's a sizey young He's man. He's a sizey young man. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Well, the Spurs landed right where they were uh, mathematically projected to at twelve. Right. What do you think they're gonna think? What do you think? What do you think they're thinking there? They won't trade it. That's for sure. No, they're not gonna make a trade. <laughs> um, you know, there are gonna be some interesting wing guys in that range that I think they have to take a shot at. I mean, if they can get a shooter, that's fine as well. But I mean, one of those six eight six nine guys that are gonna be in that range because that's what this team is missing is that long defensive switchy combo forward guy you know maybe he's not a shooter yet but um we have the best shooting coach in the nba fair and chip england and um my my prayer i'm lighting my my greg popovich candle every night that like a guy like scotty barnes somehow falls out of the top 10 to the spurs that won't happen tantalizing that video him swishing fucking three after three the other day oh my god he's just like a guy with that size who can pass like draymond and guard point guards and whoo yeah i would i would give up a lot for someone like that and he might end up being a bust he has he has bust potential but that skill set and size is great. And there, there are plenty of other guys um, who I have yet to even do a lot of research on because I've been focusing so much on the top seven-ish guys. Um, there are definitely options out there. And there's going to have to be some restructuring of this team going into the offseason because it's just not going to work. And hopefully, I mean, you have to hope that they can add more shooting by just getting rid of DeMar DeRozan, a guy who is an absolute zero for a wing in terms of creating offense from beyond the three-point line. And, um, you know, there have been some speculation out there that Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson might have grown a little bit over the summer. Okay. Um, Like physically grown or basketball game grown. Like actually gotten taller. Wow. 
So, I mean, if they can be like 6'6 six, six instead of 6'5 and a little longer, that's great. Hell yeah. Um, and the other thing that's kind of been floating around Spurs Twitter that's interesting, and I know we've kind of gotten off the 12th pick because it's just not really as interesting as the 2 pick. I was going to say, I think the 12th pick is kind of fun because maybe I'm just a Rockets fan, but I feel like that's the, the area where you go for risk. You know, and that's that's kind of the the area of the draft where we find the Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell type guys. So, but I mean, just from the perspective of looking at these prospects, it's hard to tell exactly who's going to be that guy. And there's some guys like Keon Johnson who like set the combine record for standing and running vertical. Yep. Who's only been playing basketball for like three years. Yep. Has a forty-eight inch vertical. Absurd. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, and, I mean, if you can, like, draft a guy with that kind of potential, maybe you move off of one of the guards. Um, you know, and we say it every podcast, the Spurs don't make trades, but Ben Simmons might be available this offseason. And there's not another team who has the package of kind of, like, mid-range assets that the Spurs do, where they have the contracts, they have all of their draft picks, they have some interesting young guys where they could make a trade like that happen. Um, so... That's something they should definitely look into. Because if they if they traded for him, he would immediately be the best player on that roster. He raises the ceiling of this team from a team that, you know, is trying to scrap for the ninth, eighth seed maybe, to a team that if you do some restructuring around Ben Simmons is set in the playoffs. Yeah. Because he's a guy who's one of the three best defenders in the NBA. Easily. He's a 6'11 freak athlete who can, like, guard anyone, who can, you know, create via his passing. I think there's more offensive game there than we know of because he's playing next to Joel Embiid, and he's just kind of been stunted in Philadelphia for some reason. There have been questions about, you know, his work ethic and how he hasn't added anything to his game since he was a rookie, but I have to believe that after everything that happened in the playoffs this offseason... Um, he's going to make a change because you cannot get ridiculed to that extent and not change. And maybe it makes him crumble and he's just never good again because of this ridicule. But if he's the player that we think he can be, then he's definitely going to add something to his game. And it doesn't have to be a three-point shot. Maybe it's a post-game or a floater or something. Well, shit. We watched... uh, Someone retweeted his Summer League highlights the other day and he's hitting fucking fadeaway twos. Like, it's no problem at all. I'm I, I'm wondering to what extent. So sorry if there's anybody in Philly listening to this, but like you guys have a reputation for being toxic as fuck as a fan base. Like <laughs> yeah. no lie at all. Are you proud of it? From what I've known from Philadelphia fans, so booing their own team off the floor. Yes, yeah. and so I'm wondering how much people constantly saying like, "Yo, you're a piece of shit. Learn how to shoot the fucking three, Ben." Has been impactful to this young man's growth as a player and a human. Like, yeah. I feel like some guys are better with an encouraging tone than a "your terrible" tone. Like, some guys don't get that. I have that chip on my shoulder because you shit on me. Thing. Some guys like to be told they're good and that they're gonna get better. You know, like yeah. a Dwight Howard. I thought this a lot when he was with the Rock with the free throws I always wanted people to like chant when he was at the line yeah. because he seems like a positive reinforcement type dude to me like maybe Ben Simmons just needs to go to an environment where fans are saying no dude shoot that that's fine like we're happy here like you know go for it like that that I think Ben Simmons needs a reset right now mm-hmm. I think San Antonio would be a fantastic culture fan base coaching staff 
roster for that to happen. I just have one one but, and that's I don't know what Philly really sees and covets that really helps their current right now title window with Embiid hmm. on the roster to get back. There's a lot of mid-level assets and picks and stuff that Daryl Morey might be into, but I don't see what they get that impacts the floor the way Simmons does back. And let, I mean, there's a white plus other DeJounte and all those kind of guys are fucking phenomenal, but they're, they would be role players on the Philly team, hmm. I feel like. Well, I think the idea is that, I mean, what other team is going to give up something of like an all-star, borderline all-star level player for Ben Simmons. Yep. So, I mean, if you're Philly... And, his value's in the tank, you're right. Yeah, like, and, his value's absolutely and, in the and tank. And San Antonio right calls you and says, hey, we'll give you, um, you know, Derek, Lonnie, Keldon, Jakob, and a first. Woo! For it's Ben Simmons, thing. which is something or I would what, totally How do. many firsts would you like, even? You could even start the conversation there and work back. Like, I would yeah. honestly throw multiples even with that package if yeah. Ben Simmons was the return with Greg Popovich, Popovich as the coach. I think that would be fucking phenomenal. Because if I'm, if I'm the Spurs, I'm, I'm bringing in Ben Simmons. I'm playing him at the five yep. as much as humanly possible. Yep. Um, I'm finding a floor spacing big to play with him when he's not at the five. And, um, you know... They already have a couple guys who can shoot on this roster. I think you can. I think you can survive with Dejounte and Ben Simmons on the floor at the same time, um, as long as the other guys out there can shoot, because that's a monstrous defense just with those two guys. And oh, this yeah. is all hypothetical. It's probably not even going to happen. No, yeah, I'm sure yeah. not. I'm but it's, not it's, Ben Simmons will be traded this offseason, I think. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I doubt it would be to either of the teams. The Rockets have been. A bunch of people have been joking about whether Stone could get Ben Simmons for mm-hmm. a lot less value than Harden now and swoop back around. But there's no way in hell yeah. the Rockets come in round for for Ben Simmons. I'm sure. But so if it's not the Spurs, which actually Vegas has. Pretty good odds on the Spurs landing. They really again, do. If you, if you saw that, um, who? Because the Blazers said we're not trading CJ McCollum, which I don't understand why they oh said that. Oh my god! Let's just—I I don't even want to talk about the Blazers, man. They're the fucking—they have become a clown. Like the way the Rockets became a fucking clown show this last off season, the Blazers seem to be this off season. I just don't even get it. But who—who uh, who does Ben Simmons end up with? Is basically is the question now. I don't know. The Spurs make by far the most sense to me. I had another one the other day that I thought was pretty fun, with which was a Draymond Green <laughs> trade from the Warriors. <laughs> so Draymond and 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 filler for uh, Draymond and the pick basically for Simmons and Seth Curry. I think how much keeps- better of a player has been Simmons than Draymond Green, honestly. Until Draymond gets a little older and slower, not much at this yeah. point, because Draymond is at least a willing enough shooter at this point. Two years ago, this is a different question and issue, but at this point, he's a willing and able enough shooter that you have to honor that. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Simmons, you can just completely ignore on that end of the floor unless he's going to backdoor cut you, and he's been a little passive about that with this team. So I think Draymond with Embiid, that mental toughness, that rugged attitude and basically second coach like vibe that you get with Draymond I think would be really beneficial to Philly's current title hopes and I think Ben Simmons in a getting a restart becoming that new small ball five in Golden State would be really beneficial to him and that team as well as far as getting younger and preserving that title window for Curry moving forward as Draymond gets older so Philly basically gets two years at the shot the ring Mm -hmm. which is what Daryl Morey loves those little tiny little title windows that he can carve out 
and uh, and basically, Golden State gets younger at a position moving forward where they can maintain their weird flexibility, switchability, elite defense defensive abilities, and uh, it makes so much sense. I hate it so fucking much because oh yes, you know how I feel about <laughs> Daryl Morey. If you've ever listened to another episode, like I thought he was the greatest GM ever the whole time he was with the Rockets. Uh, the way he went out on that team lying about spending time with the family it, it just really put a sour taste in my mouth and yep. I think he's really escaped blame from that largely from the fan base a lot of guys still just salivate over Daryl Morey and frankly I look back at a lot of his moves and I find them dubious at best now that I have separated myself from the cult that mm. was Daryl Morey's the greatest GM of all time and and I'm just I'm I, I would be sad to see Philly Boone like that under him and get Draymond Green and win a title with him and and uh, Embiid, but it does make a lot of damn sense for both of those franchises. I went off on a rant. So Sorry, a couple dude. things. Chime in, please. Um, kind of playing the other side of this from the Golden State perspective. So you want me to give up Draymond Green, who is roughly an equivalent player, you know. In the Western Conference. But aging. But aging, but who was the heart and soul of three championship teams. Very true. Uh, a guy who permanently changed the NBA, who completely changed our paradigm of what basketball positions mean and what you want in a player for a guy who um, just did that in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Hawks, who I think are about to get stomped by the Bucks. Um I don't know if I'm willing to give up too much in addition to Draymond Green hmm. for Ben Simmons. Now, the other thing I wanted to say is you have a better understanding of Daryl Morey's approach to roster building than many other people. So what do you think he goes after using that Ben Simmons asset? I mean, you, you floated this Golden State, but what do you think he would covet for Ben Simmons? Shooting would be one. Shooting for sure, but I don't think it's that simple. I don't yeah. know. I feel like he would want the kind of guy in the in the locker room that would uh, push everybody and Embiid to, to take that next step and to be that next level of greatness that they need to. Because so they need their stacked, Chris Paul. I think so. And yeah. I think he's... Daryl, for all the criticism he gets for players on a spreadsheet, he does consider that with the star yeah. guys, at very least. And I could see Draymond being yeah. that guy. And I, I could see that as well. And that was a part of the, why the trade made so much sense to me. But like you said, from Golden State's perspective, it would be a big bet on Ben Simmons. It's sure. a big bet, and it's also like, do you want to trade away a guy who is arguably like what the third best player in your franchise's history but two three years from now it's a big what if what Draymond Green yeah. is we've talked about this he's proven us wrong for a couple seasons now but he seems like a guy who has a lot of other interests besides basketball it's he's going to be a phenomenal broadcaster before too much when he the day he retires he's going to be a phenomenal broadcaster mm -hmm. I hope TNT is listening because they better fucking pay him oh they know oh, they know yeah but uh he is just he's so versatile he's so brilliant I just feel like there's a point where he's old enough to where he thinks – I feel like there's a point where Draymond Green kind of starts to slope off pretty well in terms of lateral quickness, in terms of things that have made him so elite over the years defensively. And he can become a okay to above average defender who shoots pretty well as yeah. he ages out. But I also 
I wonder if Golden State, it, it, this is just a different league, man. Like yeah. you, you don't you don't really worry about those optics of trading off of that guy as long as you got a good return for him. But they him, probably should. But I agree, man. They probably I think should. it sucks. Like I think it sucks, but I think that in today's league, it's it's like a practicality issue, and you know, it's annoying. I just don't think. I think you know, even if his contract becomes albatross, and he's aged and he's fat and he's just not the same guy anymore. To me, there's so much value and just keeping those guys and letting them retire on your team. Like, the Spurs held on to Manu Ginobili until the bitter end. Yep. And I would have... I would take, as a Spurs fan, I would take those last few years of Manu Ginobili's career over, you know, trading him for almost anything. Yeah. No, um, I'm with you, man. I'm totally with you, man. Because I think, I think we forget, like, the thing that drives the NBA is fandom. And we saw that there's a whole lot of people out there who are interested in a lot of other things rather than, you know, the big markets um, being successful. And I think just Golden State fans are going to be very sentimental about this this period in their franchise's history. As they should be. And I just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not, I'm not cold-blooded enough to be an NBA GM, but I just I don't think I could do it. Unless Same, Draymond man. says he wants to go. Same here, man. And that was another part of it is I was thinking it would maybe be Golden State. But see, I don't know. It's also a win-now move for Golden State trying to maximize Curry's window with Simmons. But Draymond would at least, when he was jettisoned from the win-now-to-save-Curry's-title-window move that needed to happen, he would at least get to go somewhere where there was a window for a couple years with him there. And I just don't know if Ben Simmons is the guy who saves Curry's title window. No, I don't think so. I think him at a small ball five... With Clay Thompson healthy and Ubre back, yeah. I, I, even with this exact roster, you swap those two and Clay Thompson comes back healthy. That's a pretty damn good team. It's yeah. a pretty scary team, but I don't think he, I don't think it moves the needle drastically if you kept Draymond and he doesn't come back utterly out of shape, which he won't. He's in, he's proven to be a pretty damn good condition in these last few days. Maybe maybe Draymond's not even what it costs to get. But we still don't really know what his value is. But what also if it's true. like? So the Warriors have the seventh pick and the fourteenth pick in the lottery. They have Wiggins. What if it's like Wiggins and five picks for Ben Simmons? Wow, it's a lot of picks, but Wiggins is just a. a, a it's He's an okay sad. player now. He is, yeah, but it's kind of sad what a meme his contract has become. But the. I could see it ended up something like that. That'd Wiggins be a probably depressing helps. ass return for the the Sixers. I feel like, and it doesn't feel like a win now move. And I feel like they're in a win now roster. I feel like the Sixers are even more in win now mode than the Warriors are. Yes, because um, Steph Curry has given no indication that he's gonna bail on this franchise, yeah. and he's got his rings, and he loves it there, and his family's set up there, and his businesses are set up there, and, and the he, owners have helped him set up these businesses. And he just, just had an MVP caliber season, exactly, and he would be allowed to do it a thousand times over if he really mm-hmm. wanted to keep playing like James Harden on the Houston Rockets. And I, I can, I can imagine Steph Curry leaving in some strange timeline, but it would blow my fucking mind unless it was just I want to help Charlotte, my hometown. I'm going back to Charlotte type move, which would never happen. I feel yeah, like no. So I I think it, yeah, I think it'd be silly for Golden State to, to uh, move off of a, a, a cornerstone piece of the entire franchise history like that. Like you said, 
I was just spitballing some fun earth-shattering Ben Simmons <laughs> trade ideas, and that one seemed to make sense for both teams on a basketball sense. Yeah. But I agree, man. The optics of trading Draymond Green would be so fucked up. So one last Ben Simmons trade, and then we could move on to the next thing. All right. I think this one makes even more sense than San Antonio. The Timberwolves. Hmm. So the fit is perfect between Ben Simmons and Cat. Yep. They complement each other perfectly. I think the Wolves have the pieces that the Sixers might want in return. And, like, they have some guys who can space the floor, can score on the wing. Um, they have some picks further out. So maybe that's something. Uh, that's just one thing I wanted to float out because I thought I thought that would be a nice fit. I actually agree. Um, I hadn't thought about the Wolves at all. But, yeah, Cat with Simmons basically running the point but also defending the four on the other end. Yeah, dude, yeah. that'd be nice, man. Yeah. That'd be really nice. Yeah. And Chris Finch is a fantastic coach. He coached, he coached the Rio Grande Valley Vipers for a long time. Yet another Rockets coaching staff, front office person being poached for another better opportunity now that Tillman Fertitta runs the team. But <laughs> So, well, that being said, I think it's time to move on to our main event. The reason that our Texas Triangle listeners, we don't have a nickname for our fandom yet, the Triangles, um, the triangles. are here for this podcast. Cacaw! <laughs> it's the Pelican segment. I've got a fish in my throat right now. Yes. So what's going do. on in NOLA, man? Oh, dude, apparently we've got a whole whole Zion Williamson family tree of Uncle Dennis-level influence going on. I've heard a bunch of chirps going on about him not wanting to be there, the family not wanting him there, and then a lot of radio silence from New Orleans on any other fronts as far as coaching search or re-signing, Zion, or re-signing uh, Lonzo or re-signing Josh Hart. <laughs> Or any of these. So, from what it looks like, Lonzo's gone, Josh Hart's gone, and Zion is pretty much in the same boat as Luca. It seems like it. And it also seems like Zion's circle might be a bit more unabashed about their Uh uh, levels of uh, willing to express this frustration with the team. The team that is basically a pet project to the New Orleans Saints ownership group. If you didn't know that about the New Orleans Pelicans, they're like a junior team to a, a ridiculously rich family the benson family that owns two different professional for, sports franchises they're so goddamn rich the benson's um, might be the worst ownership group in the nba well at least when when papa benson was still alive san yes, antonio millionaire yes. george benson yes you're right um george he had and also the greatest guitar player on one of the greatest guitar players on earth not to be yeah. confused no, yeah, I was just thinking the but same thing. Give me the night. <laughs> but they were they they had the Saints training staff taking care of the Pelicans players. Yes, dude. Just so they didn't have to pay more people. Like it's so weird, and and I, I wonder how. Silver seems to have such a uh, kind of talon grip on how this this ownership group, and mm-hmm. and relative to Stern, it seems like he's he makes you care a lot more. I don't understand how the Pelicans, the Wizards, these other teams have escaped that uh, eagle eye so well. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of it is the, I don't know, family-structured teams, and it's like a weird like husband or wife has passed away situation and some other person that didn't really... This wasn't their thing. They're now the principal owner of it. Uh, I feel like that that could take a lot. That could be a lot to do with it, and it just shows how much 
every piece is super important and this That's team true. is just a shit show and will ever forever be a shit show until the ownership thing is sorted out and yeah. that's just it's wild and i'm gonna double down on the take that i've said in every single one of our pelican segments is i don't think basketball is long for the bayou no i think when the next time we have a team relocate it's going to be the pelicans i would so be okay with that i yeah. agree completely and i, I don't think that I, nothing against new orleans it's a fucking wonderful place yeah uh, but and it's super fun and people are hospitable and great but it doesn't seem to be a basketball city and that's okay we can move them somewhere that is like you know where i just spent three and a half hours at the airport seattle where they still have <laughs> supersonics logos and merchandise and flags hanging everywhere because people there still love a team that hasn't even been there for 20 years you know and it's just like please for the love of God, get Seattle a team. Yeah, uh, that, there, there's my little rant. Yeah, my plea. The existence of the Oklahoma City Thunder just upsets me. Concur. It upsets me. The existence of Oklahoma City upsets me, <laughs> frankly. But <laughs> those uh, LED strip lights they put on the bridge are pretty cool, though, man. As you cross over to the the it's largest a- of the casinos that you can you can. Uh, I don't even know what the word I was going for there. It's such Visit. a weird city, man. It's like a micro Dallas. It really fucking it does feel a lot like a little bitty Dallas. Yeah, that's weird. I remember we were coming back on a, a tour stop, and um, we we both play music. I don't know if that's been uttered before, but um, accomplished we musicians, accomplished probably. professional musicians. We've been on tour and everything, but we were coming back from a tour stop one time. I played in the garage. City. Yeah, we played in a garage and and. 40 different states probably between the two of us um the, they were uh so we're coming back oklahoma city we see a whataburger because there's still some whataburgers in the region around texas mm. i don't know how i feel about that but whatever it's cool we of course get excited pull into a whataburger we're sitting there eating and it's the only place i've ever seen a man come back in from the drive through <laughs> screaming from the front door that his receipt says they charged him more for a shake. And she said he could give him a shake for her for his meal or whatever. And she's like, yes, sir, but a shake doesn't cost the same as a regular drink. So you asked if you could substitute a shake, but we have to charge you for it. And he was just like, this is fucking bullshit. I can't believe this. And like slammed the door and like threw the shake in the trash on his way out the door just to be like principled about it, I guess. And I was just like, man. I think Oklahoma City is not the place for me. Is the home of the most upsetting meal I've ever had. <laughs> Two so, in a row. So we were um, on our way back from Tulsa. We could have just gone straight south from Tulsa, but we're like, let's go to Oklahoma City. <laughs> and um, so apparently, the most famous cuisine from Oklahoma, their their signature cuisine is the onion burger. Blah. I don't know if you're familiar with this. This sounds awful for me. That's for sure. But I was like, you know, I was like, what? What is the Oklahoma cuisine? I have to try it because every state I go to, they have their own little dish, at least. And it was exactly what it sounds like. It was an onion hamburger, um, and you know, I think that's so emblematic of Oklahoma as a state. <laughs> just raw onions? Like no, no, no. There, there, there were there were sautéed onions, but it was just a burger with a fuck ton of grilled onions on it. Okay. And that's their signature yep. cuisine. Wow. Um, man, just fuck you, Oklahoma. Yeah, I gotta say, seconded. No yeah. offense. We don't need any listeners from Oklahoma. I gotta be honest. You we guys don't. are you guys are yeah. weird, anyways. Yeah, Oklahoma. <laughs> learn how to drive. 
Yeah. Fix your roads. Yep. Adopt Dallas for us. Maybe we'll make them the Oklahoma City Mavs. Yeah. Reparations to the indigenous people of this continent. <laughs> Give them their land back. Okay, so breaking news as I went to the bathroom for our <laughs> podcast intermission. Uh, story from Yahoo Sports. Yep. On Damian Lillard. Let's see. Who, who was our writer? Was it? Oh, Chris Haynes. Yeah. Chris pretty, Haynes. It's legit. Reputable. It's legit. It's very legit. All right. So what is it? It's basically the uh, the backlash from the coaching process, the coaching hire process, um, and concerns. This sounds very familiar as a Houston fan. Concerns about the inability to build a contending roster around him uh, may push Damian Lillard out of Portland. Uh, the word may is thrown around a lot in this article, but it sure sounds like this is Damian Lillard dipping his toe into the water of uh, requesting a trade, right? Yeah, so, I mean, Dame did a little bit of foreshadowing at the end of the playoffs with that Instagram post. Um, so it just seems like he is um, Ooh. putting things in motion. Yep. Because where, is... where, where do you think this was leaked from? It sounds like it's from Dame's camp. I agree, like, especially from this paragraph I just okay. stumbled onto. I've been skimming it here. The coaching search was conducted by Neil Oshley, Osh, Olshe, sorry, Olshe, Foshe, Olshe, like my <laughs> last name, uh, the team's president of basketball operations, and none of the candidates who were interviewed were suggestions from Lillard, sources said. So this is definitely coming from Dame Lillard, uh, uh, it would seem. So how um, long until wow. we get the trade demand Wow. tweet from Woj or Chris Haynes? The bomb from Woj, I would imagine... It's got to be into the day-to-day then, right? That was the timeline from everything else, right? I feel like with Harden, we started this stuff trickled out over the course of the offseason. And then, because it was a really short offseason. Yep. And then by the time training camp was here, we had the actual formal trade, which is actually illegal in the NBA. Yep. You get, you get fined for doing that. Yes, you do. Um, well, you should get fined for doing it, but you, according to the rule book, I'm not saying you should get fined for it, but I'm saying that generally speaking, you would be. Yeah. So, um, that's wild, man. We might be looking at the end of the Damian Lillard, um, era in Portland. That is really, really wild. And you know, I think of all the superstars who have, um, pushed their way out of their franchises, Dame probably, maybe other than Harden. Dame has the strongest leg to stand on in that, look, I gave everything I could. I dragged six consecutive shaky rosters into the playoffs, and you haven't held up your end as a franchise. Goodbye. I I, I understand that. No, yeah. I it's not too. like Kawhi Leonard forcing his way out of a championship contender. No, I agree. Um, um, yeah, same with Harden. I I definitely understand. You're still you're still my dude. You know, like yeah. I hate the way you went out. I think you did it really kind of soft and cowardly. But it doesn't seem like Dame's doing that at all. It seems like Dame is gonna. It would always take the high road, but he's gonna be honest with you and say, I yeah. don't think this is gonna be a spot where I can win a title, and I need to win a title for my legacy. And Portland fans are so mousy. I'm sure, even more so than Rockets fans, they'll stay loyal to Dame Lillard wherever he goes. I would imagine so. He's been everything for them. And he's, yeah, he's given it his all. He really has. He's been the guy for that whole franchise for so long. And, man, I can't picture him anywhere else. Yeah, I can't either. 
Um, Dallas fans are salivating right now. That's don't, the big, don't fucking start Dallas fans. I was just saying that's the big <laughs> Dallas fan Reddit rumor. Oh, well, well, Damian Lillard, we can get him and Luka. And I'm just laughing like, uh, who is going to play defense for this team? Like, also, what is Dallas going to give up for Dame? Yeah, you literally hunt both of those players on the yeah. offensive end when you have the ball. Like, switch me on to Dame, switch me on to Luka. Like, yeah. I just... Who is going to defend for that basketball team? Yeah, would it be Chris Stapps for Dame Lillard? That's just insane no. for Portland to do. What, what, what's it going to be? Chris Stapps and fucking Tim Hardaway Jr. and a poo-poo platter of picks for the greatest for, trailblazer ever? Exactly. For, take picks that won't start conveying until six years from now because we're already traded all of our picks as a franchise. I don't know. Dallas makes no sense logistically for me. I think Mavs fans that are kicking around this Damian Lillard trade magic they need to just stop. Please what, stop. Wouldn't it be fun, after all of your um, Damian Lillard disdain, oh God. if he was the guy that the Rockets <laughs> gave up the number two pick for? <laughs> Damn. Uh, you know, the odds are the number two pick won't be nearly as good as Damian Lillard is right now. That's nope. for damn sure. That's be That would be a, Rod, uh, a Raphael Stone trade that I could get down on for sure. Uh, that's... Something I hadn't even thought about, but yeah, Dame Lillard, KBJ, be fun as hell. Well, Chris KBJ Wood? maybe in the uh, yeah, he'd have to be in the trade, right? Yeah, he'd probably be in the package. You know, wow. we were gonna go into a playoff thing, but that just that just that hijacked the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, as that's it monumental. should. Yeah, it basically seems like Damian Lillard requested a trade. Trailblazers are gonna look so different next season. They won't trade CJ McCollum apparently though, so we'll oh, see what it's, happens. It's here. over yeah. now. Yeah, they have to they have to blow it up. If exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like they're they're just fucking silly if they're not going to try to blow it all up. If Dame Lillard requests out, it's over. It's maybe over. maybe now they do blow it up and rebuild around Ben Simmons. That would or, be fun. Just tying it back to what we were talking about earlier, but man, wow, it's it's you know, we're not even done with the playoffs, and we can already expect that the NBA. From a roster construction standpoint across 30 teams is going to look completely different. I'm so excited. This is uh, the last couple off seasons have been so just insane. The entire league landscape is different every new season. NBA fans, it's part of why we love it so much. We grew up on NBA 2K. We're yeah. all just all about this whole like, wow. How we many, love trades. Yes. How many different moves can we make? How many different moves can we keep track of? How many can we be like, oh, did you hear about this one to our friends with later on? And uh, it's just, I'm really excited. It's funny because the transactional side of the NBA is just as fun as the on-court product. I mean, thinking about like, where could this guy go? How does this impact the outcomes for this team? You know, yep. it's fun to speculate and it's fun to hop on 2K and rebuild rosters and stuff like it, that. Man. So God bless the NBA. Amen to that, man. It's so nice to have a sport that... Is just consistently every single team seems to be so invested in being better and mm-hmm. getting better constantly to the it's just or getting wild, way worse working. to get better or exactly yes yeah. or, or just fully committed to these bizarre strategies and, and I don't have to worry about these guys getting like CTE amen and to that man getting dementia in their forties yep. you know or being told to shut the fuck up you'll never get a job again for speaking out on social issues that they care about or yeah. or to feel or I don't know I, it's just an unabashedly be yourself league. And I really, really love that. It's run that way from the, all the way down to the people who analyze it. You are told don't have to talk a certain way. You don't have to sound a certain way, be you and have fun and react to the game the way you react to the game. And it's just so much fun for me 
to be able to talk about and enjoy the NBA with you, my man. I gotta say, absolutely. So, to turn it all mushy, you know. But yep. uh, I gotta say, this is uh, it's it, it's a joy to cover the NBA, and to cover is a, a generous term, I would say, at our point now. But to talk about to the talk NBA. about the NBA, yeah. have some brews, have some brews, yeah, with a brew. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I, honestly, we could probably wrap it up there. Damian yeah. Lillard, uh, we wish you the best, man. I hate you for 2014, but ever since then, you've been one of the most fun basketball players I've ever watched. And uh, I hope that you end up somewhere where you're happy and contending for a championship. And I don't really, frankly, give a shit if the Blazers get anything good in return. Uh, yeah. Even though, you know, their fans are fun. I love Portland. I got family in Oregon. Um, but, eh, you know. Yeah. Rebuild for a while. We're all having to go through it. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy goings on in the NBA. Uh, real quick, just I guess before we go, who do you got tonight? We're pre, we're pre, Bucks Hawks game tonight. Just FYI, if you're listening to the podcast after, we haven't quite watched that game yet. I think it's Bucks again. You do? Yeah. It's hard for me to dispute that, but I just love Trey and I love this Hawks team so much. And I love Clint Capella. I'm going to say Hawks come back and do it. I, th- and I think they figure it out. I don't want to see their end, their run come to an end because it's been so fun. But it has. I just don't like the way they match up with the Bucks, and they could prove me wrong because they've proved me wrong in the last two rounds. Uh, but deep, yeah, deep down, I don't think they will. Um, deep down, I think Giannis knows now that if he gets downhill at a certain point, there's and literally nothing anybody on this roster can do about it. A Suns Hawks finals would be so fun, right? I feel like heads would explode over at the ESPN corporate offices. And I also don't like the way that the Suns, my pick to win the title, and yours as well, yep. match up with Milwaukee. So and just for the sake of my own predictions, I hope the Hawks pull it out. Well said. And Chris Paul's title hopes. Because yeah. really, the man, the man has been so amazing his whole career. He deserves a title. On that note, now it's time... To say goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do the Mickey Mouse Club outro. Um, <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, probably have uh, shirts and stickers and stuff before too much longer. I don't know. I don't want to speak too soon on that. And if you're not down with us, we've got two words for you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>